What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost Lifting Talk. Today's episode is an interview that I did with a fellow coach in the industry named Jared Hamilton. Jared runs a company called Hamilton Trained to where he coaches people through mainly fat loss. And I would say his specialty comes into the psychology of fat loss and how to help people work through that. And as a lot of you guys know who listen to this show, I'm very big on the mental side of things. I think that for you to be able to make changes physically, it starts with working on yourself mentally. And Jared does a very good job at breaking that down and using different analogies to help you make breakthroughs in where your thought process is going wrong, which is ultimately probably holding you back. So this is honestly one of my favorite interviews that I have done since starting the podcast over a year ago at this point. So I'm super excited for you guys to get to listen to this. If you find value in this show, I would be very appreciative. And I know that Jared would too, if you could take a screenshot, put it on your IG story and tag myself and Jared in it. We'll make sure to repost it. Um, We'll both send you a message personally thanking you for doing so as well, just to get more ears on this conversation that we had today. So really do appreciate you guys. Enjoy the show. Looks like you're in, you have a gym in your, in your garage, correct? Yeah. So, uh, when quarantine stuff officially happened, uh, I obviously couldn't create content in the gym and I would rather work out with gym stuff. So, um, I, we basically pimped out my garage cause it was unfinished at the time. So yeah. it basically forced us to do the big remodeling project. So we finished it and then I put all this stuff in it. So that's cool, man. That makes me super jealous. Um, <laughs> and like, is that where you do your work? It looks like that's where you record and you do everything. That's just kind of like where you chill yep. out all day and do everything that you do. Yeah. I basically have like my little desk area in like the corner. That's where like you're sitting right now. And then behind me is all of like my workout stuff um, and whatnot. So it's pretty cool. That's nice. Yeah. Like it's your own little place to be able to shoot all your content and everything. Yeah. That's super cool, man. That makes me, uh, that makes me super jealous. I, I actually own a gym myself too, but like, um, with a bunch of members and whatnot in it. But, uh, like I'm to the point now, like I want my own little space like that too. So it's, uh, it's super cool, man. But, um, I appreciate you for coming on. Thank you so much. I've, uh, I've followed, yeah, I've followed your content for really a a good amount of time. Like it started on Instagram, started following you there a little bit. And then I got on TikTok. you were on TikTok. you blew up on TikTok too, which has been really cool to see. So, uh, so yeah, man, I just, I really appreciate, appreciate you coming on. I resonate with your content and the way that you go about it is just, is inspiring and is really cool. So, so yeah, thank you for being here. I really do appreciate it. It means so much, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's an honor. I, I love this. So. Yeah. So, uh, um, if you don't mind, dude, do you mind just like giving a bit of, um, explanation, like a brief background just on like who you are, what you do, like what your whole niche is, like what your purpose is in the industry, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. So, so my stuff is, uh, my name is Jared Hamilton. I'm 29 year old, trying 29 years old. I just turned 29. So it's really weird saying it. Um, yeah, I still think I'm 28, but I'm 29. I live in Indiana here in the States and um, I do online coaching full-time uh, for a living. And it start, everything with me started off as like a side gig in college, like a decade ago. Because before I got online, I built an entire in-person training business uh, to, a full, to, to full-time. And then like I had no, no life outside of it doing like, because I was training like 200 sessions a month or something like that. And I just didn't have time at all. So that's when I got started posting content online, started to, to grow my online stuff um, socially. And then that translated to business. And now all I do is online coaching. I got a team that works for me and stuff like that. But, um, so long story short, that's kind of what I do. That's what I do now. But my niche specifically in the, in the industry has been leaning way more towards, um, what I call the psychology of fat loss. Cause like what grew my, what grew most of my channels and got most people's eyes on me and kind of where my name is at in, in the industry is, was all just basically I did posted a lot about sustainable fat loss, right? Like really hammering home calorie deficit. Hey, don't avoid donuts because donuts don't store fat. And just very much a flexible approach to everything you're doing is like from a practicality and realistic standpoint. And that's what grew all of my stuff to the point it's at that it, that it got to. Um, and, but lately within the past, I don't know, year or so, I've been really feeling just a little bit different way where like in the world of where you got all your fat loss and fitnessy stuff over here, but then you have this whole other area over here where it's your headspace, your inner work, your mental health, long-term behavior changes, stuff like that. And where those two worlds mix, because it got to the point where it was just so frustrating for me. Cause I was seeing other coaches, um, 
basically they're doing their fitness coaching, which is great, but it's all in ways that are like destroying people's men- mental health, destroying people's um, like, even if it's not destroying people's livelihood, it's, it's not fixing the problem. Like it would, it would be something with like with, let's say someone has a struggle with like emotional eating and they would just say, get the trigger foods out of the house. It's like, that's a terrible answer. Like the fact that no, 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 most people in the industry aren't talking about doing inner child work and dialing in on their headspace and inner, in the inner world to really fix that stuff at like a, a fundamental level. And that's where like, I lean more towards with my clients and my content with where like, I guess you could say my niche with all this is, is mixing those two worlds together where like, yeah, you're looking great. You're feeling better. Your all the fitnessy stuff is there, but like your whole inner world is, is, is taken care of as well. So like what I call like the psychology of fat loss, if that makes sense. I think so many people miss out on that too. Yeah. Like, when you get into fitness and to eating better and wanting to lose fat and to look better, like there's a big niche in the industry where it's science, 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 right? And, and that's all very valuable and very practical and what we need. But there's a quote that I even said on my um, own Instagram the other day on a, on a post that I made that um, I'm reading out of the book, how to win friends and influence people. I don't know if you ever read that before. Yeah. But um, he says, when dealing with people, let us remember, we are not dealing with creatures of logic. We are dealing with creatures of emotion. I love that. Yeah. And when it comes to that, I think that is missed. And that's why I, I really like your content. Like, for somebody like me and you, we're evidence-based um, coaches, right? Everything is based on science, what we're doing, and on the, um, on the logistics, on the logical side of things. But to be able to have the logical side of it work, you have to take control of the emotional yep. side of it and work on that first, or mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to stick to a calorie deficit. You're not going to be able to progressively overload in the gym over time because you're not going to have the right mindset to yep. put yourself in that state to be consistent and realize it's going to take longer than you want it to. Yeah. Like there's there's going to be times where you're unmotivated. There's going to be times where you want to quit <laughs> a long process, right? Like, yep. But nobody, nobody wants to talk about that um, because most people are wanting to make sales on my way is the yeah. easiest way, right? And that's why I really like your messaging and what you do because you tell people right from the start, like this shit is going to suck. Like yeah. it's, it's not going to be fun. Dude, well, that, that's the thing is expectations are a yeah. bitch. Right. Cause like, and that's the thing is I think too many coaches or pro people selling shit, whatever. And and don't get me wrong. Like I'm a coach. I sell shit. Like I'm I'm all about it. But, but the thing is if expectations aren't in check, bad things happen. Right. Um, there is, I, there's an example I give to that because the thing is if, if you're promised one thing and you get another, like, it's not that you would have had an issue with getting the other thing, but if you were expecting something totally different, it's like, it's like, uh, this happened to me when I was a little kid and it was like, I remember it was one of my, it's, this is one of my most vivid memories from when I was a little kid to hammer home expectations is I hated milk as a little kid. Just never liked it. Disgusting. Absolutely. Like couldn't stand it, but your boy loves some orange Kool-Aid, right? I was an orange Kool-Aid kid. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Me and my brother were sitting at the kitchen table. My brother's to my left. My mom is over to my right. I have amazing, delicious orange Kool-Aid. He had milk. And I like was talking to my mom over here and I reached for my cup. I was expecting orange Kool-Aid, but I grabbed his milk. And it's not like, now if I was like, hey, drink the milk, I would have been like, okay. And I would have done it and it wouldn't have been that bad. But I was expecting uh, orange Kool-Aid, but I received milk and I like freaked the fuck out. And like, and, and like, it's one of my most vivid memories of this day. But it like, it's, it all comes down to expectations, right? You might love coffee, you might love tea, but if you get one and expected the other, it causes problems. And it's not that like most people aren't willing to like this, the, the fat loss game to take longer for them to realize they're going to like to push through wanting to quit, to push through wanting to program hop or whatever the normal stuff that happens. But if they don't expect it, they can't prepare for it. And then they wonder why they're blindsided by it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love that um, analogy on how you just explained that. I think that is super powerful and a good way to help people be able to understand because like full transparency for me, like it, you have to get creative in how to teach people like the right expectations to have, right? Because there's so much out there, like with just different diets and different things showing really quick progress in these things. And when you come at it and show people um, or explain like, this is going to take longer than you want it to. It's going to be harder than you initially thought that it would. And it's something that you're going to have to stick with for the rest of your life. Like it's never just like a fix, right? Or you never just get to a point where it's, where it's super easy. I think that that is, um, it's just very, very important. And like that analogy is awesome. I, it brought up something for me too. When I was younger, um, 
my mom was married to a guy. He was my stepdad at the time, not anymore, but he chewed tobacco and mm-hmm. he would have to spit his tobacco out. Right. And, uh, oh, no. yeah, so <laughs> you know where this, know is exactly where this is going, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he was uh, spitting into a Pepsi bottle or something. And, and he ended up putting the bottle back in the fridge or my mom did, or, or somebody put the bottle back in the fridge. And I went in to swig up a, a nice, a nice taste of Pepsi and ended up with a whole bunch of tobacco in my mouth. Oh, that's, that's terrible. 12 years old. It's one of the, the worst memories of my life. It was absolutely disgusting. That's so nasty. But, but even with that, like, first of all, like if you were like, had to be forced to drink that, like it would still suck. Yeah. But like with expectations, you could have two things you love. Let's say Pepsi and tea, right? You might love Pepsi. You might love tea, but like Pepsi sweet and carbonated tea is not always sweet and it's not carbonated. And you could love both of them, but if you're expecting Pepsi and it to be carbonated and sweet when it hits your tongue and you get dull tea, you'll be like, ugh, what is this? And it's something that you, it's something that you like, you know what I mean? Where it, it's expectations are everything. So how do you go about that then, man? Like um, when it comes to, obviously you put a lot of it in your content. So I'm sure a lot of people that like end up in your circle or people that you end up working with, I know that you have a membership site as well. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of people that you, that are in your system that you're working with? How do you, like, how do you go about setting up those expectations with them as you begin? Like, where does, where does that process start? That's such a good question. So, um, my goal is from like an omnipresence level for it to be there. So like, cause, cause here's the, here's the thing is, um, I don't really like, with every business owner, every coach, you're going to have amazing clients, but you're going to have, because we're working with just mass amounts of people, you're going to have people that aren't, aren't like either as qualified or as um, easy or as like, they're just like maybe like a higher maintenance person or whatever the case may be. Um, and that just comes with the territory. And the thing is though, with my content, my goal is for people to like, by the time they get to the point where they are working with me as a client or they're a member in my coaching group or what have you, they've been following my content for like the last six months. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, it's like, they know my philosophies. They know I'm not going to give them a quick fix. They know all this stuff. So that, that from a content level helps a lot. Like I had a post that went viral on, uh, on Instagram and TikTok. It was the same post, but it was, it was, uh, five things that are not supposed to happen in weight loss. I saw and that. It, went, it, it blew up on TikTok. Like, yeah, it I got saw like that. two, I saw it that. got almost like 3 million views. It was yeah. insane. Got like 3000 comments. You but, came from it though, like, not to cut you off, but you came from it from such a different aspect as everybody else is coming at their fat loss journey, right? Like it was something that most people don't want to hear, but need to hear. And like when it caught fire is like good for you, Jared, because that was was cool, man. I appreciate that. And and like, that's the thing is my, my goal, even, even with that, it was like the five things that aren't supposed to happen. And it wasn't like your stereotypical stuff. It was like, you're not supposed to be motivated. You're not supposed to do this quick. You're not supposed to do this linearly. You're not supposed to, I can't remember what it all was, but it was stuff like that. It was, it was honestly boring as shit. Like yeah. it was like, it was someone argue, would argue like it was almost discouraging. It's like, these mm-hmm. things are not supposed to happen. But, but the comment section filled with like, if I knew this 10 years ago, Oh my gosh, I feel so much better now. Oh, I'm not the only one. And it was people that were like, I had no idea. But it all goes back to that expectation. So, so to answer your question is from a content level, I, I like to have that there within, the, within my content. So by the time someone gets to coach with me, it's like, it, it, it's, it's not that big of a deal, right? It's, it's not like this huge paradigm shift. But then the second thing is, um, and any of my clients that would be listening to this will be like, yep, I got that email. Um, <laughs> anytime someone works with me, uh, the very first thing I send them that, that I put everything on the table. I'm the kind of, for me, I literally want everything on the table. I don't want anything to be a surprise. I don't want to be blindsided because I know for me personally, when I buy stuff, when I get involved with the coach, any of the stuff, I like to have everything on the table. So I assume everyone else is like that where like, like right now, like when you, when we, you and I were scheduling this, you're like, Oh, heads up. We're going to be recording as soon as we start. Yeah. That's a good piece of information to know. Like, you Absolutely. know what I mean? So like, I wasn't like, Cause half the people that, that get me on, will like talk for like five minutes and like get mic set up. But so like, what if I was like over there, like changing my shirt or like moving something around? It's like, Oh, we are like, you know, just, it, it, it's the same kind of thing. Expectations are everything. Um, but that's for even outside of fitness, like marriage expectations, business expectations. But, sure. um, the other part of that is I just blatantly tell them, right? Like it, during, uh, conversations, if I see like, for example, uh, well, first of all, I, I, when someone signs on with me, I literally have a list of what's about to happen. I'm like, Hey, just to let you know, you're going to want to freak out, 
you're going to want to quit. You're going to lose motivation. You maybe feel like I even, I was talking to one of my girls the other day and, um, and uh, she was, she's killing it. She is like in that beginning stage and she is just thriving, losing weight, feeling better, crushing it. I said, I said, Christy, you're killing it. I'm so proud of you. You're doing great. I said, I just want to let you know, probably within the next month, you're going to hit a stall spot and you're going to not lose weight quite as fast, or you're going to like hit a wall where you don't feel like you're thriving as much. So I love that you're thriving right now, but I want to let you know that like, that's not always going to be there. So when it hits, you're going to want to naturally freak out. You're going to want to naturally be like questioning everything. You're going to want to naturally like get really rigid, but like we can't do that. So I'm just letting you know ahead of time. And she's like, okay, that's fine. Three weeks later, she's like, yeah, everything you said happened. And I'm so glad you told me because I feel so much more prepared. There's, there's a term I use with my clients a lot. As I say, we can't stop the rain, but you can definitely put your windows up Yeah, where it's, where it's like, you can't stop the rain from happening right? Our, our lives are all predicated on subconscious patterns that have been winning and running rampant for years. So just because a coach like you is involved, a coach like me is involved, a new program, what have you, motivation, those old patterns have won every time. So like, mm -hmm. they're definitely going to come, but if we can prepare for it, we can anticipate it and we can win. And so half the time I just need to blatantly tell them that's, so that's, that's the biggest part. Yeah. I think like for us, what our job is honestly like you're not giving people information that they can't go out and get for themselves right sure. like our job is to to help people take more of a proactive approach to Absolutely. their emotions and to what's going to be happening along the process and what you said goes for everything man like not just fat loss or fitness but your life in general there's going to be oh, yeah. highs where things are going awesome and there's going to be lows when when shit feels like it's it's stagnant and it's stale and it absolutely sucks and there's no point in going forward, right? Like that's just a part of everything. And so yeah. to go into your, your fat loss journey, thinking that like, okay, this is going to be fast. Like it should be quick. I've, I've struggled with my weight for, let's say 12 months up to 20 years. And, mm -hmm. but I want to have this thing fixed within the next 90 days. Like it's such Come a, on now. <laughs> yeah, it's such an unrealistic, but that's, that's what most people go into it thinking. Would you not agree? Like the Absolutely. majority of people go into their, their fitness journeys thinking that like I get people that come to the gym or people that I work with online that are looking at things from that narrative. So like for you, man, like when did it, when did this sort of an approach, like when did it happen for, when did you realize this was the approach that was needed? Because, um, like when you get into it too, I'm sure, like we all start with those skewed expectations, sure. right? Like with our business, with coaching, I'll bet, I'll bet your business probably took longer to, to build than you initially mm -hmm. thought it was going to Absolutely. when you first started, right? So oh, yeah. um, just things like that. Like, so when it comes to fitness and to nutrition, when did you realize like this was the approach that you needed to take? Like when was it slapped in your face that expectations were so off for people? Um, when, when it, when I had like, the same conversations every day with clients, right? Like I, there's, there, that's, that's a, such a good question. So there was like one day it hit me, like I had my current client base um, and, and I would have the same issues with everybody, right? And like, like if like what I, I step back and I'm like, what would make my the, the process easier for clients? What would make things smoother? What would take anything that's high stress or high chaos or high maintenance down? And I like took a very honest step back and I'm like, oh, that I never like cleared expectations. That was the biggest thing. It's like, oh, I never literally told them the scale will not move down every week. I never told them that, hey, you're going to lose motivation probably in about six weeks. I never said, hey, you're going to want to naturally get tweak happy because that's what you've done the past 10 years. So we're not going to do that. Like I, it, that's when it really just hit me where I'm like, what would make this easier for my clients? What would make me a better coach? What would make the process better for them? And that was really it is I was like, because I looked at the problems, like the common denominator of problems. It's like, oh, they thought they would have been further along by now. Oh, they think they need to change stuff. Oh, they get a bad attitude or, oh, they, and I, and I like started going through the big things, but like as a leader, it's like leading. I mean, that's the thing is I can't just blame clients for that. Like as a leader, I'm the one leading them. That's on me. If I never set expectations, it's like if a, if a restaurant has a bunch of shitty employees, don't blame the employee blame the leader for either hiring them or not fixing the problem. Right. So for me, I had to take ownership of that. I'm like, Oh, I never actually set them up for maximum success with letting them know the terrain that's about to happen. You know what I mean? So that's where like 
I took I, I, from the get go. I'm like, here's all the stuff that's about to happen. More than likely, here's what you're going to experience. And I literally will lay it out on paper for them. Like, here's exactly what to happen. Because I also, one of the things that I've also done in, in, from a business perspective is I have what I call co- my coaching core values, which are the guiding principles of every single thing I do as a coach. Um, and basically I teach from those. So it helps build kind of like a culture among, among like my clients or amongst my business where um, if anything starts to go astray, like a client's, let's say getting emotional about like a scale fluctuation. Well, that violates core value number, our core value number one, which is a bulletproof mindset, not giving into emotional based decisions. So like from the get, from the get go also, I don't just say, here's your expectations. I say, here are our values that every single thing that, that fixes every single problem. So like, it's not like my, my team's values. It is like my coaching core values of like, and I tell them from the get go, I'm like, everything we do, every decision we make, every move we, we turn comes back to these eight values and it will solve every single problem you'll have. And it fixes every single problem amongst all of that. I love that. That's a really good idea. I've never really thought about that. Putting in core values for like, yeah. not just everybody talks about core values inside of a business, right? Yep. But when you put core values on like your members, the people, mm-hmm. your customers, your, your clients that you're helping, I think that that can be, that can be super powerful. Well, I, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, that's really how it, how it, how it came to, to, uh, to really start to do those because I see that in, like for my business, I have like my, and other businesses have like their core values where, um, where it, it, it it's like amongst my team, it's like we over deliver with all clients. We, um, we, all this different stuff, you know, we, you know, we go the extra mile, we do this, these specific core values, but like those don't apply to like the client. But, but for me, like a big company, like Starbucks building out like their core values amongst their team, it's like, that's no different than clients. So like, yeah. and if core values implemented in an organization, fix employee problems and builds a, a bulletproof culture where people love working. Like, what if I did this for coaching where, I implemented uh, my, what I call my coaching core values and they're for the client. And because they're the ones going through the very same, same kind of thing. And I did it and dude, it's, uh, it was, it was one of the best thing, things that, that I ever did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Full transparency. Like you're talking about that now. I'm, I'm stealing that idea because Do it, man. that is, that is pe- like, I've never thought of it that way. But like when you're building out your, your members, your, your clients are a part of your team too, right? Like mm-hmm. they are, they are the, the biggest piece to the business at the end of the day. So why wouldn't we be holding them to a certain, like give them expectations of themselves through the process too? Right. No, not, not only that, but like it creates like, again, it creates almost a culture. That's why yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, like, it's like, if you got a room, like hopefully when COVID's all over, I'm, I'm going to do this big event that I'm, I'm planning. But like, if you get like all of my people in like a room together, you, there's an energy about it. It's because everyone buys into the same core values and everyone wins and everyone like, there's something about it. It's almost like if you walk into like, like a Starbucks, if you walk into like an Apple store, if you walk, it's, it almost has that kind of energy mm-hmm. because everything goes back to like, here's what we stand for. Here is what I'm doing. And every decision goes back to that North, that, that true North, so to speak, where it's like, Oh, I'm wanting to quit and throw in the towel. Well, that violates core value number one, three, and five, or um, I'll reward from that as well. Like if clients are like crushing, like I'll have a client be like, okay, I stepped on the scale this morning and my weight was up and I wanted to freak out but I didn't. And I kept my cool and I just got back on track. Like nothing happened. I'm like, I'll be like, Sarah, that's literally a whole epitome of core value. Number one, you're literally having a bulletproof mindset and not giving into the old self like that. And so like I teach from it. So it's, it's basically like, you know, it's your, your ethics of, of, uh, you know, going through fat loss or what have you. So it fixes a lot of problems. How do you, um, how do you go about implementing that? Like when you, is that just like in welcome emails that you send out? Like these are expectations as we begin, like where, where do you meet the client with those types of expectations? Like obviously a lot of that is in your content, right? Like people are coming in understanding what they're signing up for when they're signing Mm -hmm. up with you. It's not going to be like a breeze. You're going to like work from the core up to to work through everything. Mm -hmm. Right. But like, when do you start implementing that sort of thing? Like when are they introduced to these, to these types of things right up front? So, so core, yeah. Absolutely. So core values explicitly are like, cause that's the thing is I might like talk about this stuff, but like, to be honest, I, I really need to, I haven't even made like a, like a post, let's say on social about my core values as a coach. You, sh- uh, you or, should like, yeah, yeah. I'm, so I'm probably going to, I'm literally probably going to do that. That would go great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, 
but no, with the client specifically, uh, actually I have, so everything I do with my one-on-ones is completely tailored. Like I'm sure with yours as well, but everyone gets the same first email. Everyone gets, and I tell everyone up front, I'm like, look, everyone gets this email because it's all the same. It's like, here's the expectations, here's the intentions, here's the process, here's, you know, all that stuff. But right within that first, I actually have, this is how much I believe in it. I have like a 19 minute video of me explaining this to them. And then I also have it in the email. I'm like, in case you didn't watch the video, here are all these core values that every move we make will derive from. And then that's the first part. But like anything else, it doesn't do any good unless you implement it. Like you may have the rules of your house for your kids, but like if you don't implement, it's worthless. So then throughout the coaching process, that's when I bring them up, right? Like if they're, um, if, if some, if something's going on and they're like, let's say someone's like, man, Jared, I'm just not feeling like I'm making progress fast enough. Um, I think I should just cut calories lower. And I'm like, well, hang on a second. Cause like, we can't do that because like we talk about in core value number one, that, that, that's an emotional based decision. And that totally goes against a bulletproof mindset. Or like, I think it's my core value number seven, seven or eight. It's we make every decision from the end. Every decision we possibly make is from the end. And, uh, and it's like a, a construction build on a house. Like they make their every decision a hundred years from when they build it, right? If the house will be there or not. So I'll, that's the one of the, my number one I refer back to is that say a client is wanting to like do something like really emotional and cut calories and do keto and work out three times a day. And I said, but here's the thing. I said, we talk about this in core value number seven. I said, every decision is made from the end. Could you do that 20 years from now? They go, well, no. And I'm like, then we can't do it now. Right. That'd be like a construction worker saying we don't need the foundation of the house. So it's, it's fine. It's, it's not a big deal. And so, so to answer your question, it's, I will literally lay them out in the beginning, but then I also bring them up and teach from them um, throughout the whole coaching process. That's part of the reason I love doing these podcast so much and talking with with people like you like you take so much from it man like i'm i'm sitting here just thinking it like writing notes <laughs> thinking for my own um business like to build that culture side of things and yeah. like even just following along to your stuff for a good amount of time like um i can just see how powerful that is and why grab why people gravitate towards you so much because you literally are are no bullshit from the front like there's no smoke and mirrors on anything <laughs> which that, yeah which is is super refreshing, man. And, and I drive a lot of inspiration from that as well, too. So, so again, I think you're doing awesome work, man. Like not a lot of people are willing to dive in and, and talk about the hardship first, because honestly, you probably lose sales from that, right? Like you probably, you don't work oh, with people until they're actually like 100% ready and they've gone through all the bullshit first. Then they realize, okay, all the shit that Jared has talked about, like this is the stuff that I'm experiencing day in and day out. Maybe he actually knows what he's talking about. Right. No, no, absolutely. And I'll tell people like, I've had people who don't want to do the inner work. They, okay, I'll, I've, I've literally had people who struggle with binge eating, struggle with emotional eating, struggle with uh, all or nothing mentalities, have borderline eating disorders. And I'm like, okay, well, we need to take a massive step back and fix your inner psychology around this stuff before we can dive into the wonderful world of fat loss. And they literally will just like not sign up. Yeah. And it's like, so like I, cause, and that's, that's the thing is at the end of the day, I have my, my own personal core values that I, that I live and die by as far as like business and that I teach my team. And like, it's, it's, it goes back to like that, that same kind of thing for just having a a sense of morals and ethics where like, I feel wrong if I were to sign that person up. Right. Cause that's the thing is there's also, and, and it took me a long time in business to realize this is I'm not for everybody. Right. I know there's, and I can only help certain types of people. That's why I, I, for the long time in the beginning stages of coaching, I wanted everyone to like me. I wanted like, I didn't want to make too much repulsive content. I didn't want to like offend it really anybody. I would just like be kind of, kind of chill, no like specific flag in the, in the sand, so to speak. But then like, I just felt like that, that wasn't right. I needed to be more, not like on purposely offensive, but like very more like, no, here's what I believe. Here's what I stand for. Here is the truth. And a lot of people don't like it. Like I had a dude the other day, like not like something I posted. And he's like, go burn yourself alive, you piece of shit. Like, it's like. TikTok. Okay. Right. Yeah. No, no, this was a guy on Instagram. Oh, really? that's um, good to say. <laughs> he, he messaged me and asked me, um, he DM'd me and asked me a question. He didn't like the answer. And he's like, you're a fucking pig. Go oh, kill man. yourself. And I'm like, you have, like, you have a good day, buddy. Like, yeah. I hope you feel better. Like, I feel sorry for your dog. Um, but, <laughs> 
right? <laughs> um, but that's, that's my answer to like everyone. It's like, I feel sorry for your dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but it's one of those things where like, from a coaching standpoint is at the end of the day, what's, this is not for me. Don't get me wrong. Like guys like you and me, this is how we provide for our families. This is how we put food on the table. I, I get that. So then we'll set it aside. But at the end of the day, it doesn't do any good if we have all these people we can't help. Right. Part, yeah. of, part of this game is like, if someone is actually coachable enough to take the advice and run with it, you know what I mean? I don't want a play, uh, just a massive play to people who like, don't do what I say. And it's, that's like, it's like, at that point, it's like, it's not about the money. It's about like, it's, it's about like, I want to, I want to change people's lives. And if yeah. you're not going to like take what I say and run with it and like change your life, then like, why are we doing this? I don't want this. I don't just want your money. If like, I would have sold cars if I did that, you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. at the end of the day, but I also know there is never a shortage of people who want coached and truly need help and will change their life. There's no shortage sure. of that. Contrary to what experts say, there's no shortage of that shortage of that. And for me, when I raise my standard to that, it's like the people who would, I would never want to work for don't even apply. It's like, or either that or they don't make it through my process to where like they would ever become, have the opportunity to be, become a client. Cause I, I, anymore, I make it kind of like, I make it where people have to jump through a couple hoops to work with me. Um, and that's not like a, Oh, I'm an, you know, I want to make this really hard to get to. It's like, no, I only want a certain type of people to work with. They have to um, be ready for Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, there's a reason I have like an unqualification process. Right. So, and, and that's part of the game is so by the time I work with someone, it's like, my ideal picture perfect like their life is never going to be the same kind of people yeah even with that though man like it for you personally i have experience with i know how draining that that is to be giving that to so many people right like yeah. it takes a lot out of you as the coach to be able to to give that type of mentorship um to a decent amount of people right so um i know and i've noticed like you've taken a few breaks from social media, even in the last, yeah. let's say uh, six to 12 months Oh, absolutely. Um, where like you've said, like, I'm just going away, like to do my own thing for a little while, like to just yep. chill out and, and relax, which I think is, is really cool. I don't know if, if like you're opposed to getting like a little bit personal with that. Like, I just want to, I just want to know, um, like what's the reasoning behind doing that and what do you get from that from no, taking absolutely. those breaks, which I, cause yeah. I think it's super important. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love that question. And I'm, I'm all about getting super deep on this stuff. I like, and that's the other thing is <laughs> I'm throwing such an open book. I, I would like tell you what I talk about in therapy. Like, sure. I don't, I don't <laughs> um, so that, that, that is part of it. So over the past year, I've had a lot of internal shifts. I've done a lot of inner work, um, a ridiculous amount of inner work. And I've become very, how to put, what word am I looking for? Very emotionally sensitive to when my energy is low. Cause at the end of the day, in, like for me, en energy is everything. And I'm not talking about like caffeinated, like gasoline energy. I'm talking about the vibration people pick up, right? Like, like when you're like, man, something's weird about that guy. I don't know what something just feels weird. Or it's like, I don't know what it is about that guy, but I like him like that, that like energy that we put mm -hmm. out. Well, um, I become really sensitive. I'm, I'm, I've always been like really energy sensitive and especially the more inner work that I do, it, I become even more, more um, sensitive to my own. So for a while, because what I do when I, I do these little getaways, um, I used to only do them like once a year. I would like go off the grid for like a full week or for like a vacation, but like that's way too far. Like that's like a week out of every year. That's just not enough because at the end of the day, everyone's different. Everyone's inner healing is different. Everyone's stuff they're working through is different and being really sensitive to like when you need to take a step back is really important because for me, it hit me hard when I realized like, like I, I, I view my day to day as like a NASCAR driver, right? Between what I do socially with work, with clients, with how much I pour into other people, how much I do all this stuff. It's like a NASCAR driver. And you that's, and there's a reason NASCAR drivers take like a thousand pit stops into like get the tire, tires changed to rehydrate, to, to fill up their, their vehicle, all this stuff. Well, if I'm starting to feel like emotionally, like what I call like emotionally bleh, like like I'm, I'm having, I'm in like a creative funk. I'm having a hard time finding, creating content. Cause I don't want to just post for the hell of it. I want, I don't want to like give people bottom of the barrel content. I don't want to like scrape together the last little bit of whatever for my clients. So if I'm feeling one sort of way, I might just take a couple of days off social. I might, you know, like if I'm going on a longer break, I'll like put my head up, give all my clients, my head coaches email. I'm like, yo, if you need anything for the next three days, message him because he'll make sure you're, he'll, if something comes up, he'll get a hold of me. Cause at the end of the day, I can't pour from an empty cup. 
took me a long time to realize that is um, because also this past year, I've been doing a lot of, like I said, diving into me. I started therapy. I've started working through a lot of shit that I didn't know I had. Um, I started, let's say I started therapy like six months ago. So I did all, I was doing all this inner work before I started therapy. And then I started therapy and I'm like, oh, I've got some shit I got to figure out. Yeah. So I started therapy, doing all this inner work. And if anyone knows about this world of therapy, inner work, inner child healing, all this stuff, it's fucking exhausting. Like I can imagine. It's like, I mean, the body, there's a book, I haven't read it. There's a book that's called The Body Keeps Score. It's such a beautiful title because when it comes to whether trauma or stress or anxiety or inner issues, your body hangs on to that. Like the, after my very first therapy session to get perspective, I almost took, I almost slept for like two days. Like first therapy session, I got all this shit off that I didn't know that I had. Like she just got me talking and I just started like verbally throwing up. Like I ended up getting emotional. I ended up like, I, I had no intention of talking about all this stuff and I did. And it was like the craziest thing. And like literally the next two days I could barely stay awake. And it's like, but then after that, I felt so much lighter. You know what I mean? So when yeah. I start to feel uh, uncertainty, when I start to feel like I'm in a creative funk, when I start to feel just not the greatest, I know I need to take a step back. And, um, and so that's what I'll do, whether I just literally don't post on social media for two days and I just like have quiet time or whether I like, like what I recently did, I found an Airbnb out on, in the middle of nowhere. On a, I had a, like a cabin to myself on like 45 acres. You go by yourself. Farm. Yeah, went totally alone. by myself. Didn't even take my wife. Nope. Uh, and actually from a couple standpoint, I think doing things like this was really important. She yeah. just went on one herself because it helps fight codependency and shit like that. But, um, but no, I went by myself because one of the things that a lot of people like you and me don't do enough is have time to ourselves in total silence with nothing else. Because what I've, what I used to do, and I see people do this in fat loss a lot is they, it, it actually, it's very similar to emotional eating. Like the biggest reason people emotionally eat is to hide from feelings right? People, bad day, I want to eat. It's because you don't want to see it. You don't want to feel it. That feels nasty. That like, you are in, we have all this inner suck and people emotionally, that's why emotional eating happens usually is because you're feeling emotional, you're feeling stressed and you're trying to hide it because you don't want to feel it. Mm -hmm. And so you go get ice cream. I did that. I didn't realize this was bad. I was being emotionally ambitious. I would be emotionally productive. I would not want to see my inner suck and I would create content until three in the morning. I would explain be, that. Yeah. Explain. That I, I would literally, literally like I, I didn't realize I had all these inner things going on this inner dialogue, this what I call my, like the inner suck, like anxiety or scarcity or all these survival emotions. Um, and I would be emotionally ambitious. I would be like, well, I'm going to build my business bigger. I'm going to help more people. I'm going to be more productive. It's almost like the person that's stressed or sad and they like power clean their house. Well, I just did this in business. So like that's half the reason my shit blew up is because I was a content machine and I just went hard, 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 hard at the expense of my own mental health, at the expense of like being, un that's just not sustainable. Like I'm gonna build a big business out of, out of, you know, whatever my dad said to me, it's or out of like fear of this. It's like, okay, dope. But like, that's totally not sustainable. Yeah. You know, like we see people do this in fat loss. They like, they hate themselves so much. They get shredded. But it's like, that's not a good place to build from. And so I didn't realize that was, I didn't know that was a thing, right? I didn't, I, we see people get emotional or have issues and they do drugs, they drink every night and they emotionally eat. Those are all bad. I was emotionally productive and ambitious. And I was like, oh, that's not good either. It had a cool outcome, but I'm like, I, that's not a good idea. So that's why I took a step back and did, had been doing all this inner work. Um, and the biggest thing is, and I see this with my fat loss clients specifically that struggle with the big ticket items, like emotional eating, stress eating, all or nothing mentalities, all the headspace side of fat loss. Um, no one likes to sit with themselves. It's the biggest thing. No one likes to do the inner work and because it's sucky. People yeah. forget that you have to, bad, bad feelings need to be felt, right? I compare it. It's a really nasty analogy. It's like taking a shit. Imagine if you're like, um, imagine, imagine if you got food poisoning and you have explosive diarrhea, but imagine like that's uncomfortable and the act of doing it is uncomfortable. But imagine being like, no, I'm not supposed to feel like this and trying to distract yourself from needing to go have explosive diarrhea. And that's what people are doing, right? I didn't want to see my inner yuck. So I was just productive or people are like, I don't want to feel the sad of what my husband said to me last night. So I'm going to emotionally eat. And it's, but at the end of the day, we just need to sit and feel and it passes. It's just like, if you have to take a shit, go sit on the toilet in silence 
nature does the rest. <laughs> in, you know what analogy. I mean? Yeah, it makes it, you're spot on, man. Like you saying all of that, <clears throat> like kind of brings chills to me, especially really? talking <laughs> about like the NASCAR driver and like the, being a NASCAR driver for everybody. I was like, just going around the track as fast as possible. Um, and then, but like a lot of the times you forget to take breaks. Like I find, and when you forget to take breaks, that's when you come resentful towards mm-hmm. everything that you're creating it's and everything dangerous. that you've built. Right. And so I, that's, you have great analogies. You've, you've got a that. lot of really good ones on here today, man. See, like that one's what's, awesome. I appreciate that. It, well, cause here's the thing is number one, if you get, res- cause here's the thing when you love what you do, but it gets to the point where you hate what you love. That's a massive problem because mm-hmm. here's the thing it's, it's at, on any spectrum. It's like, I love my, my, okay. Like my wife is the best person on the fucking planet. Like literally she is like the absolute best soul you could ever meet. But like, if we don't leave each other's sides, like that's not sustainable. We've got to have like time apart. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, like her having her little getaway, me having mine, us not, you know, it's like why it's, it's everything is balanced. And it, we might have like amazing coaching businesses and we love what we do, but there's still a dichotomy, mm-hmm. right? Everything has a dichotomy. Whereas if you're going so hard where you don't feel full, where you're now resentful and now you're like, I don't know if I even want to do this. That's a problem, right? It's like, you, you may love like your kids, but you, you need a break from your kids if it, at, at some point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, it's, it's like anything else. If you eat broccoli, that's really good for you. If you eat so much broccoli, like you get sick and, like that's now broccoli is bad for you. Like it, it's the dose that makes poison lethal. You yeah. see what I mean? Like Absolutely. it's even like, like people that don't even like believe that it's like water. We can't live without water, but you have too much water. It's either called drowning or electrolyte imbalances and you die. Like, but it's just water. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with what you love. If you go so fucking hard because it, it always astounded me. And this gets really morbid really quick. I always wondered what gets these people who get really successful and love what they do to kill themselves. I'm like, why fast forward did, like at the end of the day, it's, it's all, it's all unresolved, either unresolved trauma or they never like filled their cup. But if you imagine not filling your cup for 10 years, 12 years, 30 years, it's like no wonder people, that's why I've seen people literally build huge businesses and go, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. And they like leave a multi-million dollar business or they eat a bullet or they whatever. And it's like, there has to be a balance. And like off of that, they're driving off of what you said just a, a little while back. Mm-hmm. They're just being emotionally productive. I like that term too, because I find that with myself too. Like I find things that <clears throat> piss me off or like people that piss me off or tell me something that I can't do. And so it gives me that drive to like produce, 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 yep. go as hard as I can, but I'm doing it to prove this person, <clears throat> excuse me, to prove this person wrong. When at the end of the day, I honestly don't give a shit what that yeah. person really thinks, <laughs> but that's what I'm driving everything off right. of. And then I still end up without, without filling up my own cup. And then yep. you wonder why, right? And you've pushed so mm-hmm. far that um, you're still empty, even though you built what you wanted to build, but you built it off of the wrong reasons. And to bring that back the fat loss is the same thing. Like you can want to get into better shape to um, look better, to prove somebody wrong. But if you're not doing it at the end of the day out of self-love more than yep. you're doing it out of to prove somebody else wrong, then you're, you're never actually going to be happy or enjoy the process and enjoy where you're going. I was literally going to say the exact same thing. It's like the whole like revenge body thing. It's like your boyfriend cheats on you and you're like, I want to get, I want to look yeah. great. So to prove him wrong. It's like, you'll still feel empty. And here's the, here's the scary thing, whether it be business, money, marriage, kids, weight loss. If you set your happiness on an external outcome, that's, that's, that's building the house on quicksand. It's, it's dangerous because what, when that, what happens when that external outcome leaves, first of all, then happiness goes with it. But also this is where you like, you get it and you're not happy. How many people do you see? They're like, once I lose the weight, I'll be happy. And then they lose the weight and they're like, I'm still sad. Next goal. Once I lose more weight, I'll be happy. Why am I still sad? You know what? Once I make the money, I'm going to be happy. They make a million bucks. Why am I still sad? You know, once I have kids, I'll be happy. Oh my gosh, I'm fulfilled. Kids are on the house. Then they're sad again. Like it's, it, it, we can't have happiness based on an external outcome, especially in weight loss. And because it always ends in, in bad. In everything. I find that with myself. I remember telling myself before I was doing this, um, full time when I was just working a regular nine to five job, actually in a family business, I wanted to be working with a a full roster of online clients that could support myself and my family. And that's what was going to make me happy. 
I'm there today. And like looking back, that doesn't make me happy. You know what I mean? Like that's not where happiness is going to come from. And then it's like, okay, well, what's the next, the next revenue goal or the next revenue goal? And what can I do here? And what can I do there? And you're always chasing this thing that doesn't really have anything behind it. That's never fulfilling, which again, comes back to creating reason as to why you're doing it in the first place and doing that inner work before you begin. That's deeper than I just want a six pack. I just want to lose the body fat. I just want to see a certain number on the scale. I just want to see a certain amount of money in my bank account, whatever it may be. Like you have to figure out, okay, if that happens, how is it going to affect myself um, internally? How is it going to affect the people that I love internally? And how is it going to help my future as a whole rather than just like the vanity metrics that so many of all of us in different aspects of our lives get so caught up in? No, absolutely. Well, and here's the thing too, in my experience, and you should try this sometime if you don't do it already. I, I love it when someone tells me they have purely a vanity metric. I love it because then I start digging and I find a not vanity metric. I've yet to find a single person and I've been coaching people for a decade, almost a decade. I've yet to find a single person who has a purely vanity metric or, or mm-hmm. vanity goal. Um, cause there's uh, I read, there's, there's one book I read, uh, it's up here somewhere in my shelf. Um, and it's, it's basically the concept of digging seven layers deeper on reason. Like the seven layers of like, like keep digging deeper for like seven layers. Usually I'd have to dig about four and then the tears start. It's great. It's one of the best things to really find what drives whoever you're talking to. So like if I have a client that's like, yeah, Jared, I just literally purely vanity. I just want to have a flat stomach. I just want a six pack. Um, I just want to, to feel better in my clothes. Like I just, I just literally want to be able to look at myself and be like, damn, I'm going to get laid, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I love that. Well, why is that important to you? And they're like, oh, well, I just, I don't like the way I look and I'm not very confident in my clothes and my own skin. And I, I just, I'm not comfortable. I'm like, oh, so why is it? Some people don't give a shit. So why is it important for you to feel confident in your own skin? And they're like, well, as a kid, I was bullied for being fat. I was this, that, and they give all these reasons. I'm like, oh, and then listen, and I would dig that deeper. By the time I like, I dude, I swear I'll get to four layers deep in the waterworks start. I would love like, to read that book. If you find out what the name of is, it like DM it to me on. on well, uh, actually, so there's there, so awesome. there's um there's uh it was a strategy in uh it's 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 a it's a book by Dean Graziosi. It's called Millionaire Success Habits. Um, okay. It's by Dean Graziosi. Great book. Um, that was the biggest thing I got out of. He calls it the Seven Layers of Why. So, cause like the whole that. start with why is important, but like, it's so overused, like no yeah, one. It is. You know, You're right. Um, I haven't read it or like, cause, cause like the whole concept of start with why by Simon Sinek is still one of my favorite books. But to this point, everyone, it's like every person selling Mary Kay's like, what's your why? Yeah. And it's like, it's like, the <laughs> mo- it's like, it's like every fucking person's like, what's your why? What's your why? And no one understands the psychology of it. That's why I talk about it. Like re- everything comes back to reasons. Yeah. You know what I mean? Deeper reasons that, cause here's the thing. Almost every vanity goal is usually based in something about other people. So Absolutely. like the same person, the same person who's like, I just want to get, get laid all the time. It's like, it goes back to like huge fucking issues or all this inner child stuff or all this deep stuff that needs handled there. Um, you know what I mean? So. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you anymore with anything. And, and again, man, I, um, I really appreciate being able to have a conversation with you. I feel like Absolutely. there's so many different avenues that we could dig down. Like I know one that I want to bring up, but I know it'll take us down a big rabbit hole is, is emotional eating and like how you help people get through emotional eating. Love to like, talk about that. I know that your strategy, like a lot of people are going to hear that and be like, wait, what? Cause usually like not to put words in your mouth, but if somebody's struggling with overeating on something, you don't tell them to take it away. You, you teach no. them how to have a little bit Avoidance of Avoidance very rarely fixes your problems. <laughs> Absolutely. And so that might be a conversation that we need to, we might have to come back on and have another do a part conversation. Two. Do a part two at some point. Cause I, yeah, man, you've dropped so much really, really good stuff here. This is one of the, my favorite interviews that I've honestly Appreciate ever it, done. You, yeah, you've, you've nailed it, man. But for you, Jared, what, what do you see? Like, this is a, a cliche question, but where do you see yourself in three to five years? Like with everything that you're doing, man, it, you've got a team behind you. You've got a, um, a solid business going. Like, is this what you see yourself continuing to do? Or like, where, where are you headed? Like, what do you want to do? That's such a good question. And it's actually funny. I don't talk about what I'm about to say very much because a lot of people don't believe it where things are at now. Um, 
and that's why I'm like, I'm always real careful, but like, I'm more than happy talking about it. But like, I just, it's something like, like, it'll be cool. to like five years down the road, look back at this. Um, in five years, I'll, I'll, my, my big goal is to be like speaking on hundred thousand person stages. Like, I love that. Um, cause like a goal I've had for the long, like, like, cause like I said, man, is, um, I grew up in a place where like, like it was okay to like dream big, you know what I mean? And I know that, that that's another overplayed thing, but like, is I've never like, for some reason, I've always like never been like discouraged from stuff like that. So I've no, like, it's just like my normal. And, um, and no, it fast, fast forwarding three to five years is, uh, is like, I'm going to like kick the biggest dent in the, in the industry where like, it'll be a different industry. Like that's my biggest goal is to like, because I believe the consciousness around fitness and fat loss and all this is changing like peak performance and things like that. I think it's changing where like people are getting away finally from like hustle culture, grind culture, hardest worker in the room culture, uh, rigidity culture, all this stuff around peak performance and fat loss and all this stuff. And I, I think I really, I really believe in three to five years, I'll be like on the world's biggest stages talking about this stuff and teaching about it. That's my, that's my biggest goal. So, um, but I also keep it, I, I want to make sure I keep it flexible because in so many cases, I think I, I, it's, it almost goes against a lot of old school books and stuff is our goals can actually be our biggest limiting factor. Sure. Right. So I don't want to make it, that's why I don't have it too specific, but, um, but fully, fully believe on, on like stages of like 50 to a hundred thousand people like arenas and shit. That's my, that's my biggest, biggest focus. So getting, or getting to sit here and just have conversation with you and hear you express your ideas and your analogies on different things. Um, I will say right now, that's probably, that will happen. That will 100% happen <laughs> that, just because yeah, <laughs> just sitting here listening to you, man, you, you pull out emotions. Maybe it's just me personally, but like I've sat here and I've got chills a few different times. Give me all emotional, bro. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're uh, you're an awesome dude. Where can, um, where can people find out more about you, Jerry? Like plug all of your stuff, man. So people can, can see your stuff and benefit from it too. That yeah, dude. just um, on my so- side. So all of my, all of my, uh, all my socials are at real Jared Hamilton. So Instagram, TikTok, um, and, uh, I just had a website rebuild so you can go far around on there, see what you can find. Uh, hamiltontrained.com is my website. And then, uh, you can find all my stuff there. Like you can listen to my podcast there. I have my podcast, the Hamilton trained podcast. Um, and I get into a lot of this, this shit on my podcast. Like that's literally all my podcast is, is just a deep bunny rabbit dive into this with this mic. So <laughs> absolutely. But, but well, no, I, I, I want to give you a lot of credit, man, because a lot of coaches don't want to talk about this stuff. So the fact that you're getting, you're, you're even like opening up your platform for other people like me to come in and talk about this stuff and open this rabbit hole shows a lot of your character and who you are and how good of a coach you are. Um, so mad props to you for even being willing to have these, these hard talks. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate it. And um, full transparency, like what f- I felt like some of my, like, where I feel like I got to permission to be able to dive into this stuff is because I've seen guys like you be able to be successful doing it. And I know it's a little bit of a harder route, um, this way, you know, but, um, you live in integrity, right? Like at the end of the night, you can put your head on the pillow and know that you're truly impacting rather Mm -hmm. than just selling a a vanity metric. So again, Jared, I really, really do appreciate you, man. Like I said, at some point, I'm going to, if you're willing, I'll definitely bring you back on for a part two and we'll rabbit hole into some other stuff too. So thank you so much. I love these rabbit holes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you, Jared. Thanks, man.